Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Let's give it up for the worship team. These guys are amazing. We're grateful for them. So as we talk about listening to the voice of God, this is one of maybe those topics that most of the people have a hard time with. You know, as, as I've walked with the Lord all these years, some of the questions that I've been asked the most is, Pastor, how do you hear God? When, when you say that God spoke to you, what does that mean? What does it mean that God spoke to you? How does he speak? And, and is he even speaking to me or does he only speak to, to a certain few? These are, these are questions that, that we all have when, when, we, when we talk about God speaking. What is he saying to you? And the title of my message this morning is, What is he saying? What is he saying? What is God saying? What is he trying to get across to each and every one of us? This is a spinoff of what I was speaking last week. You know, last week as I was talking about the sound of the voice of God, you know, and the Lord asking me that question a couple of weeks, what is the sound of my voice? I was like, oh man, that's like a deep question. <laughs> you know, it's like, so today I want to dive in a little bit more, you know, uh, into that. And I want you to understand that God does not, listen to this, just speak to a few, but he actually wants to speak to all of us. He wants to speak to all of us in this room. He wants to speak to you guys that are at home watching right now. All right. The problem is that sometimes we're not in tune with the right frequency. God is speaking, but we're not connected. And I've given my examples, you know, of, of those old televisions that you had to move the antenna around to try to, you know, to, to get the signal. You know, by my house, I don't know why the sports station, all right, is WQAM 560. That's where they transmit football games and stuff like that. And the heat games are in another station. Now, the football station has an amazing frequency. But sometimes I'm driving home in the evening, and I'm listening to the heat game on the right. I finished some meeting here. And I'm driving home, and all of a sudden, when I enter my neighborhood, it's like, and like, and Jimmy Butler with, I'm like, did he make it? Did he miss? You know, did we win? Did we lose? It's the most horrible thing when the frequency gets cut. And you miss out on what's going on. Well, let me tell you something. A lot of times as Christians, there's a frequency, all right, that has been cut off. And God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to speak to me. And we're missing out on what heaven wants to tell us. So in this whole series, we're talking about the voice of God. Which is the frequency that I need to be connected to to listen to that voice? Well, come with me to John chapter 10. John 10. Verse 3 to 5, if you're a husband, you better be connected to your wife's frequency. I'll tell you that. Not in a marriage seminar, but that's important. <laughs> amen. Renee saying amen from the front row. That's important, guys. So listen to this scripture here. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. This is the shepherd. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger 
They will run away from him because they don't know his voice. What a powerful scripture. You know, I don't know how many of you guys have ever been to the land of Israel. I've had the privilege of being there various times. And one time we were in this place called the Field of Pastures. And the Field of Pastures is Bethlehem. And in one of those little caves is where Jesus was born. And these fields, when you go and visit them, they're the same way now that they were 3,000 years ago when King David used to be a shepherd. And one of the amazing things that happened is that when the bus was pulling in to this little town where it's called Bethlehem, all of a sudden you see all these shepherds with hundreds of sheep just crossing the street. I'm like, all right, this is not something you see in the Palmetto every day, you know? Like they got to stop the bus because there's sheep crossing by. And you see this shepherd with this little stick, you know, and he's dressed like that and all these sheep following him. And you know what was the incredible thing? That all of a sudden, all those sheep and goats just got mixed. And I was like, oh Lord, this is going to be crazy. All of them mixed. I'm like, who is going to know whose sheep they are? You know, I was like, and all of a sudden I saw the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. This shepherd started to make a noise with his tongue. He started going like, and he started to make a sound. And as he would make that sound, his sheep would cross all the other sheep and continue following him. And I was like, this is amazing. And all of a sudden, this is the scripture that came to my mind. My sheep know my voice. The sheep, his sheep know his voice. I got to see that live. I got to see that right in front of me. It says his sheep recognize his voice and they follow him because they know it. Now, it's amazing because there's a lot of voices that are speaking to us nowadays. A lot of voices. The world is saying one thing. You know, your family members are saying another thing. The pastor's saying another thing. You put on TV and they're saying a bunch of things. And then in the midst of all that, the Lord wants to speak to you and wants to speak to me. And the Bible says, according to this, that his sheep recognize his voice. In other words, oh, you and I have the ability to be on the same frequency with his voice. So for me, when I read this scripture here, all right, the question that rises is, okay, if his sheep hear his voice, who are those that don't hear it? Well, the ones that don't hear it are the ones that are not his sheep. Because his sheep have all the ability and all the capability to listen to his voice. And if you're here today, you're watching through that camera. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to this invitation that I'm going to make you to become a son or a daughter of God so you can enter the sheepfold of the Father and that you can be able to hear His voice. Now, all those that are here that are already followers of Christ, those that have been walking with God for a time, let me tell you, He is speaking to you. Can you say that with me? He's speaking to me. Can you say that? He is speaking to me. He is speaking to me. A lot of times we are not listening to what He's saying, but He is speaking. What's the purpose of voice? Well, very easy, communication. The Father wants to communicate with you. The Father wants to communicate with me. God has always wanted to communicate with us. Now, in the Bible, we see many different ways that God speaks. 
For example, God speaks through Scripture. God spoke in the Bible through prophets, through pastors. God spoke in thunder and in wind. And God even spoke, you know, in many rushing waters. There's many ways when we read the Bible. There's about 12 different ways that when I read the Scriptures, I can see, okay, these are different ways that God speaks. But I think that the way that He speaks the most, and it's actually the one that a lot of times we miss out on, it's the whisper of God. It's the whisper of God. And today, I want to share with you something that I find in the Bible so amazing because I believe that God is whispering to all of us because we are what? We are his sheep. But because of all the noise that is around us, what's happening? We're missing that whisper. We're missing what he has to say. In Israel, there was a, name, a man named Elijah. And Elijah was a mighty prophet of God. And the Bible says that Elijah went and, and he fought against all these false prophets that were leading the people to worship different gods. And Elijah won a great victory that day because God manifested himself as the one true God. But after that great victory that Elijah had, you know what happened? He became afraid of the king and the queen. Ahab and Jezebel, and he runs away. He runs so far away that he goes into the desert, and he actually ends up going to Sinai, where Moses had come from. You, I don't know how far, how long he ran, but he ran really, really far. And all of a sudden, he's in this cave, he's in this place, after doing something great for God, and God shows up to have a meeting with him. And that's found in 1 Kings Chapter 19, verse 11 and 13. And I want to read this to you. God told him this. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Can you say that with me? A gentle whisper. There was what? A gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Today I want to teach you how to recognize the whispers of God. I want to teach you how to recognize the whispers of God. I believe that God is whispering to us. And there's four things that I believe that he whispers to each of us as his children, as his sheep. Number one, write this down. He whispers encouragement. I believe that God is whispering what? Encouragement. Let me tell you, we live in a fallen world, and there's so much discouragement out there. You don't need to go too far to start your day discouraged. You don't need to sit down and watch TV too long to say, oh man, this is so depressing. <laughs> this is so sad. I can't believe all this stuff is happening. The other day, I was about to leave my house and get on the road, and all of a sudden, I get, you know, one of those notifications that says, 
Turnpike closed, all lanes closed north, 18-wheeler turned over. Seems there's four people dead. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to drive today after this notification here. Like, I think I'll just stay at home today. Just discouragement. You know, you go into a meeting, you speak to somebody, you're trying to get a new job, and all of a sudden you go there with expectation. And instead of getting the job, you know, you get put down. They tell you all these things, and you're like super discouraged. Or have you ever gone to a job interview, and they tell you you're overqualified? <laughs> I was like, hey, man, back in the days, it was bad to be underqualified. Today, you could be overqualified and not get the job. You know, it's like, we don't want to pay you too much for this thing that we got to get you to do. And it's discouragement. You're at home and you wake up early and you're preparing breakfast and you get up and you say something and all of a sudden your wife responds to you back. And in a moment, the kids are getting involved and, and all of a sudden, in, in about 10 minutes, there's a whirlwind going on around you. And you get in your car and your head is all down. It's like, wow, what a way to start off the day. And there's discouragement. Well, I believe that the whisper that God speaks to us is a whisper of encouragement. I believe that God constantly is encouraging us. I believe that God constantly is trying to lift us up. Look what Isaiah 55 verse 3 says. Oh, what a beautiful scripture. Come to me with your ears wide open. Come to me what? With your ears how many ears do we got, guys? I tell this to my kids all the time. Guys, how many ears do we have? And they're like, two. And I'm like, how, how many mouths do we have? And they're like, we have one. I'm like, God, and I go, guys, you need to listen more than you speak. If God wanted you to speak more, he would have given you two mouths and one ear. Imagine that, how weird, having two mouths here and then one ear here. That would have been super crazy. But God wants us to do what? He wants us to listen. And listen, it says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Wow. God says that when you listen to him, what are you going to find? Oh, you're going to find life. Isn't that powerful? You're going to find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. So what God is saying is like, hey, I'm speaking constantly life into you. I'm speaking encouragement to you. I'm telling you, yes, you can. I believe in you. You can do it. You know, every Sunday that you guys come here, I want to make you a promise. You're not going to hear a preacher up here telling you, well, you know, you're a sinner and you need to repent and you need to do this and you need to do that and crawl here to the altar. And unless you do that, no, you're not going to hear that here. There's moments Okay, where we need to come to God with repentance. There's times where we need to bow low before the Lord. But I don't need somebody pointing me down, telling me you haven't prayed enough, you haven't fasted enough, you haven't done this, you haven't done... No, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And the Holy Spirit is a big boy. The Holy Spirit will tell me when I'm off. So you come here on Sunday morning, you know what you're going to hear? You're going to get encouraged. You're going to get your hands lifted up. You're going to leave this place feeling like a million bucks. You're going to leave this place feeling like heaven is for you and heaven is not against you. That's what I believe as your pastor. You're going to come here and stand in front of God and say, you know what? You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. You're worth so much that I gave my son Jesus for you. What does the whisper of God tell you? He encourages you. He's making a covenant. He says, I'm going to make with you the covenant I made with David, my son. 
Isn't that amazing? He's making a covenant with you. What is he saying? You're my child. He's saying, I love you. He's saying, I'm proud of you. When was the last time that you heard the voice of a father tell you, I'm proud of you? And yet heaven's voice over you is constantly saying, you know what? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm for you and I'm not against you. The whispers of God. So whenever you're going to put your head down, whenever you're going to feel discouraged, just say, Lord, what are you whispering to me? I want to hear your voice. What are you telling me? Number two, he whispers warnings. Write that down. He whispers warnings. Job 33, verse 14 through 18, it says this. For God speaks again and again. How many times does he speak? Again and again. Is God speaking today? Oh yeah, he's speaking today. Again and again. You know, there's some, some factions of Christianity that say, oh, God doesn't speak anymore today. Whenever the Bible closed, God stopped speaking. And when I hear that, I'm like, what do you do with a verse like this that says that he speaks again and again? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God didn't stop speaking 2,000 years ago. God's still speaking today. And he says he speaks again and again. Listen to this, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from wrongdoing. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over to the river of death. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, sometimes in dreams, sometimes in visions. Now, I'm going to be honest. God doesn't speak too many times to me in dreams. If God speaks to me in a dream, bro, I got to really remember that thing. You know, sometimes like, babe, I really believe God was showing me something. Like, what was he saying? I have no idea. Most of the dreams that I have are crazy dreams. Do you have crazy dreams out there? I have like some of the craziest dreams. The day I was dreaming that I was with my dogs, you know, and I was with that. But all of a sudden, when I walked outside of the house, there weren't dogs anymore. Now there were lions. And I'm like, what in the world? Was it the pizza that I ate the night before? I have no idea. All right. But it says here, all right, that God speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. All right. It says here, all right, that when we lie down, he whispers into our ear. Look at me real quick. I want to tell you something, guys. Your spirit never sleeps. Your body does. And your soul disconnects and it goes into a deep rest. But your spirit is always awake. I want to tell you something very important. Before you existed in a body, you existed in the spirit. And God constantly is trying to connect with your spirit. Trying to speak to your spirit. And it says here... According to the scripture, I love it. He, it says here, all right, he terrifies them with warning. He makes them turn from their wrongdoings. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave. What is God saying? He's giving us warnings. He's telling you, for example, don't do it. You were trying to do that. Don't do it. Don't get into that relationship. 
If you're a married man, do not leave your wife to try to get with this other person. Stop flirting. Don't get involved in that. Don't do it. Don't purchase that house right now. It's going to be a mess for you. Don't do it. Don't go to the city thinking you don't need to be here anymore. Don't do it. He will whisper to us warnings of things not to do. He'll tell you, and the secret, for example. Some of us here that have kept things for a long time in our heart and haven't wanted to tell anybody, and is eating you up inside. I was in a meeting not too long ago with a gentleman, and he goes, Pastor, i got to tell you something that I've been keeping in my heart for over 15 years. And when he spoke, all of a sudden he broke down And it was like the weight of the world was just coming off of him at that moment. And to some of us in this room, he might be saying, end the secret. You got to bring it out. You got to speak. You got to talk to somebody. You can't keep that inside of it because it's killing you. And it's a warning that he's giving you because he has something better for you than holding on to that for the rest of your life. So if you have secrets, you know what? Bring it out to the light. He might be telling you, get help. You can't do this alone. That could be a warning that he's giving you. A lot of us is like, okay, I'm going to tough it out. I can make it. I can do it. I don't need to talk to somebody. And the Lord is saying today, you know what? You need to speak. You need to find somebody. Find the pastor at the end of the service. Find somebody in the prayer line. Join a small group and speak to somebody. That's why I believe so much in small group. I am a product of small group. I'm a product of four or five guys sitting in a room every Monday, and we just lay our hearts bare in front of each other. We knew what all our weakness were. We knew what all our strengths were. We would pray. We would encourage each other, and we would call each other during the week and say, hey, how are you doing with this? How are you doing with that? Hey, I saw you too close to this, or I saw you too close to that. Be careful. Why is that important? Because we need to get help. That's one of the things that God whispers to us. And in here, just a couple of weeks, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, we're going to have a small groups fair here at NUMA. And in that small groups fair, you're going to have the opportunity to join a bunch of different small groups, different topics, different people. Find a group. Find a tribe, find people that you can walk with. Oh, you need it. I need it. And then that small group season is going to go from September 12th all the way to November 28th for 12 weeks. Why? Because we need help in our walk with God. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, Your own ears will hear him. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's not, oh, and the pastor would hear him and he will come and tell us what he has to say. No, that's not what that scripture says here. That scripture says, and your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And I'm always paying attention for that little voice. I'm always paying attention for that whisper. Lord, what is it you want me to do here? Where is it that you want me to go? And that leads me to the next point, to point number three. He whispers direction. He whispers direction. Every time that I'm about to make a big decision in my life, Lord, what, what do you want to do here? And, and, and here's the key. Here's the key. Look at me, guys. Get them involved in your decision-making process. 
Don't make the decision and do what you need to do and then go and cry out to God for help for the decision that you made. Don't do that. That's the wrong way of doing it. All right? The way of doing it is that you're going to get involved. You're going to make a big decision. For example, my house, we're going to make a big purchase. We're going to buy a car. We're going to do something. My wife and I will sit together and say, okay, is this a good idea? You know when you go to buy a car, right? They're like, you have until 12 o'clock tonight to get the deal. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> you could walk out there and tomorrow you're still going to have the, that same deal or maybe even a better deal because you walked out. <laughs> so every time we're going to make a big decision, my wife and I will sit together and we'll talk about it. And then that night we will pray about it. And Holy Spirit, is this something that you really want for us right now? Is this something that we really need right now? And we get him involved in the big moments, in the big decisions. Get him involved. Get him involved. Acts 20, 22. The Apostle Paul speaking, and he says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit, is what that means. I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Paul's saying, hey, I'm letting the Spirit guide me. And give me direction of where I need to go, what I need to do. And sometimes when we allow the Lord to give us direction, these are some of the things that the whispers of God will tell us. Maybe he'll tell you, slow down. Maybe he'll tell you, slow down. There's some people in this room, some people watching me online, that, man, we live fast pace. And we're just going, 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 going. And sometimes the Lord says, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. just relax a little bit. Just slow down. You're going to burn out if you continue like that. You're not going to make it. You know, for many years, we used to have prayer here at 5 in the morning every day. 5 in the morning every day, every day, every day, every day. And there would be moments where 20 people would come, then 10 people would come, and then 3 people would come, and 3 people, and 3 people. And many years ago, I said, okay, we're ending that. And we're going to do two seasons of 21 days of prayer. And I had some people say, oh, but why are you ending that? I'm like, because that, that we've been doing all this time, is not sustainable. We can't sustain that in the long run. Now, if we do 21 days of prayer two times a year, and for two times a year, we're like, all right, we're going to be there. We're going to be there at 6 in the morning. We're going to go all out. And then we pause, and then we go again. That's something that is sustainable, that it could go for. And sometimes the Lord will tell you things in your life, that pace that you're having right now, it's fine that you need to have two jobs right now because you need to provide for the house, but you can't continue having two jobs for five, six, seven years because you're going to burn out. It's not sustainable. You need to slow down. You're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose your husband. You're going to lose your wife. If you continue in that pace, slow down, the Lord says. That's one of the directions that he could give us. Or he could tell us, do it now. Maybe you've been thinking about something for a while and you're like, man, I really don't know if this is God or not. And you take one step forward and you take two steps back and, and, and the Lord says, do it now. For example, Martha, I'm so proud of you when I see you up here leading worship and singing. I remember the first day that you were invited on a Numa night to come up here. And I remember that you called me on the phone and told me, listen, they're giving me this opportunity. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm so excited. And I told you something. Do it now. Just go ahead and do it. And you'll see what the Lord does. And years have gone by. And look at you here. And God is using you. How many of you guys enjoy seeing Martika here leading worship week after week? 
And God might be telling you today, do it now. A few weeks ago, I stood in this pl platform and I said, there's people here that the Lord says that for a long time, he's been telling you to do something. And you've been holding back. I don't know if you guys remember me saying that. Right before I started to preach, you know that I've had so much result and we've seen so much result from that word that was released that day. For example, growth track, every week since that day that word was released, we haven't had less than 10 people going to growth track every Sunday. Because there were some people that were sitting back and maybe not going. And when you heard the voice of the Lord, it's like, okay, man, I got to do it. I got to do it now. And I want to encourage you. One of the things that I believe some people here need to do is the growth track. As I talk to my growth track leaders, I have Emmerich back there, his wife, Lorraine. They're like, we have some people coming to growth track that have been in church for six, seven, eight years, and they still haven't done it. Do it now. This is a great time to do it. Give me four weeks. Give me four of your Sundays. You're not going to regret it. You're not going to come after doing your four weeks of growth track, come and say, Pastor, I just wasted my time. Why do you even send me there? That was horrible. I haven't had nobody tell me that since we implemented this in 2016. Why? Because it's beneficial to you. So that's one of the things the Lord tells you. Maybe the Lord is telling you, take your next step. That's the direction he's giving you. Take your next step. You don't need to go from here over there. But what's your next step? And maybe you've been walking with God for a while. You've never gotten baptized. Your next step is to do what? Get baptized. Let people know publicly what your faith is. Maybe your next step. You already did your growth track. You're like, well, you know, I really don't know if I should serve or not. You know what? Maybe your next step is being part of the dream team and getting involved and putting your service to the Lord. What is your next step? Maybe your next step, okay, is making certain financial decisions in your life and your finances are a mess and you're not going to be able to advance unless your finances are in order and that's your next step. But the Lord will direct you, okay, and all you need to say, this is one of my prayers. Lord, what do you want me to do? What are my next steps? What are my next steps? We all need to be growing, guys. We all need to be taking next steps in our walk with God. You can't be now in August, almost September, in the same place that you were in January when we started the year. You need to be taking steps and getting closer to what God has for you. And number four, and I'll close with this. He whispers visions and dreams. He whispers visions and dreams. God will put things inside of you that you never dreamed that you would do. God will show you things that are so far out there that you're like, oh, no, that's not God. That's definitely the pizza that I eat. <laughs> and let me tell you something. God will put things in here. And I really believe that this is a season where God is doing that with some of you that are sitting here, some of you guys that are watching. Now, I want you to think for a moment, what might be some of those dreams that God has been putting in here that you've been shutting off? And you've been saying, oh, I don't, I don't think that this is God, because it might sound so big that you're like, oh, this is impossible. And one time I heard something that it impacted me so much. It said, dream big enough that God will fit inside of it. How big is God? Oof. Well, dream that big that he could fit in there. Don't stop dreaming, even because maybe you failed in the past. 
and things didn't go in the way that you expected. Maybe people laughed at you. Maybe people put you down. People said you're not going to do it. Continue persevering. Continue dreaming. Continue asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you're showing me? Look what Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says. In the last days. In what days? The last days. One of the last days, Pastor. I think we're living the last days. In the Bible, the last days started in the moment that Jesus resurrected. He went to heaven and the Holy Spirit came down. The last days started. I really believe with all my heart, listen to this, that Jesus could come back any day. I think it could happen. I'm praying that Jesus would come back before my daughters get married. That's why I'm doing a hard work evangelizing. That's why you guys are bringing 10 guests next week and we're going to present them the gospel. Right, Pastor Milton? Rene, what do you think of that? You got a daughter, bro? It's like, we need to make sure that Jesus comes back soon. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon a few. Upon a chosen. Is that what it says there? Upon two or three. Upon apostles and prophets and evangelists. What does it say in that scripture? Read it. I will pour out my spirit upon... Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. How many of you guys in this room believe that you guys have a dream from God in here? That you haven't seen it manifested yet? Raise your hand. If you feel you have a dream from God. If you believe you have a vision from God that you want to see come to pass. Don't quit on that. Continue believing. How do you know, Pastor? Why do you tell me? Look at me pastoring this church. <laughs> this is crazy. I came here to this church and I sat down like one of you many years ago. And I would hear the pastors that would come here and preach. And I would hear the different pastors like, man, I pray that one day I could speak like that. I pray that one day God could use me like that. And now when I see myself preparing week after week after week to bring the word of God, I'm like, God, you're so good. You're so amazing. And one day I was in Indianapolis in a conference many years ago. And it was a conference and we were talking about schooling and education and all that. And until that moment, I always wanted to have an after school program here at the church. And I had seen and had visions of an after school program blessing this whole community. But that day, the Lord says, I want you to go further. I want you guys to have a school. And I remember that as we were sitting there in the auditorium filled with people, we watched this documentary called Waiting for Superman. I still even remember the name of that documentary. And that documentary was of kids that, that wait for the lottery in order to be able to go to charter schools because the public school system is doing them a disservice instead of a service. And they were waiting to get picked and they would follow like four kids along the moment that they applied for the school and if they would get into that lottery system and they, they would make it. And the documentary ends with a little girl that lived right across the street from the school that she had applied for, but she got denied. 
And every morning she would sit on her windowsill just looking at the kids that were going into the school, but she didn't get picked. And that night I went into my room. I was staying like in a 15th floor, really high, beautiful building overlooking the city of Indianapolis. And as I was there, the Holy Spirit started to drop in my, house, in my heart, I want you guys to have a school. And I remember it was so real that I just opened the windows to the room. My wife was sleeping. Sometimes I do crazy things for God. If she would have been away, she'd like, close those windows, they're going to see us. I just opened the thing and I just stood there and I raised my hand looking to heaven. And I was like, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, yes, Lord, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to give kids a chance to have a better education. We're going to give kids the opportunity to have a Christian education and that they can know God and they can get discipled and that they can learn that there's a purpose to their life as they get their math and English and history and reading and all that stuff done. And I remember when I came back from that, I was all charged. And for years, we had knocked on the door to get permits to be able to have a school here. And every year, they denied that. You remember that, Julie? Every year, go to the city and try to get the permits. And no, no. And inside of me, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's so crazy. You go to winn and there's like a little school next to a shopping center. I'm like, look at the facilities that we have. And we don't get the permits for it. And I would fight and argue with God about that. But I came back from that trip and had received a dream. I had received a vision in my spirit. And I told the team that morning, I'm like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray in this building. And as we walk around and we pray, I want us to lay hands on these walls. And I want you in the spirit to hear children laughing. I want you to hear little footsteps running around these hallways. I want you to hear little babies crying. I want you to see this place filled with teachers. And we're going to call the things that are not as if they are. And we're going to pray all over this building. And that morning we started praying. You remember that, Julie? And we started walking around. I said, go outside. We're going to walk around this place. Thanks God we didn't walk around seven times that the building would have fallen down. And then we would. Anyways, that's another story. And when we came back inside, I felt that we had a witness from the Holy Spirit in here, what he wanted to do. And I told a few from the team, okay, now go. Go to downtown and go ask for the permits one more time. And they went, they did their appointment, they got the permits and they came back. You have a permit, you have permission to have up to 150 students in that facility. You have the green light to start right now. And when we got that, yeah, we could put our hands together. I go, Lord, you do speak through visions. Lord, you do speak to dreams. You are still depositing visions and dreams in the heart of people. And now we have our school, it goes all the way to eighth grade. Next year, we're going to have our ninth grade. And the year after that, we're going to have our 10th grade. And the year after that, we're going to have 11th grade. And the year after that, we're going to have our 12th grade. And the year after that, we're going to start having a college in this place. Come on, somebody. Because I believe that God has called us to train up a generation for Christ that will make a difference in this world. I'm just giving you that as an example. Why? Because if he did it in my heart, he could do it in yours. There's dreams that are still there. And he's whispering them to you today. So I want you to take a moment right there and just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Just take this next few moments. I really believe that the Lord is telling you today through this, this last point 
go all in. Don't hold back. Don't stay with one foot in and one foot out. You got to believe that he's whispering to you. I believe he's telling you, give me your best. Give him the best of your time. Give him the best of everything. I really believe that God is telling you, you know what? I've called you to make a difference in this world. I've called you to make a difference in this world. Just take a moment right there and say, Holy Spirit, what are you whispering to me today? What are you telling me? And take a moment and let me speak to you right there. an invitation to you and I'm going to ask you to respond to this that I'm going to ask you this morning if you're in this place or you're watching through that camera 
and you tell the Holy Spirit, you tell God, God, one, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. And two, I'm eager to respond to whatever you're asking of me. Those two things go hand in hand. You need to be willing to listen and you have to be eager to respond. Because there's some people that tell me, Pastor, God hasn't spoken to me in a long time. And I go, did you respond to whatever it is he showed you that first time? So if today you're in this room and you say, I want God to speak to me and I want to respond to whatever he shows me. Right there where you're at, can you just stand to your feet as a sign to him that you're saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. I want to hear your voice. And I want to do whatever it is that you're showing me to do. Whatever it is you tell me, God. I want to be connected to your frequency, God. Father, I thank you for all those people that are standing up all over this room right now. All those people that are watching through that camera, Lord God, that they're in tune to what we're speaking right now. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, there's a willingness, Father God, in their heart. There's a willingness right now, Father God, for them to hear. And there's a desire, Lord, to obey what you're showing them. Father, that voice, that still small voice, that whisper, that speaks behind their ear, that tells them, go here, go there. Lord, I declare that it's more active now than ever before. I declare that it's more active now. Holy Spirit, let your voice get louder and louder and louder in their spirit. That they would have a witness, Holy Spirit, of what you want them to do, when you wanted to do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You said that your sheep hear your voice. Hear your sheep, Lord, responding to what you're speaking today. Take them to another level, Lord, and that it could be an amazing journey of listening and obeying, listening and obeying, listening and being guided by you, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. And now if you're here in this room or watching online, and I, at the beginning, I said, there's people that maybe are not in the same frequency. You guys may sit down. There might be people that are not in the same frequency to hear God's wavelength because they are not his sheep. They've never made the decision inviting Jesus to be their Lord and Savior so that they could be sons and daughters of God. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're in this room or you're watching through that camera and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity right now. The Bible says that when you do that, you become a son or a daughter of God. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And now you can tune in to whatever it is that he needs to speak to you. So if that is you today, I want to lead you in this prayer. Repeat with me, Lord Jesus. Today I invite you into my life. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for paying the way for me to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Father, today I run into your arms and I declare myself to be a son or daughter. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live the life that you have for me from this moment on. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And church, we all say, Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.